If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to this week's episode of Level Up. It's a very special episode this week because this week is our one-year anniversary. And to celebrate that, we've brought in producer Matt Aldous. Uh, normally, he's in the background doing all the hard work, making me sound a lot better than I do. But this week, we've got him on to talk about our best bits, really, from the last year and to talk about how the podcast has progressed. Matt, thank you for everything you've done over the last year, but um, <laughs> it's great to finally see you uh, behind the microphone for a change. I know it's weird, isn't it? I'm not sure I'm entirely comfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mate. I can hold your hand through this if you want to. But I mean, we, we had this discussion, didn't we, back uh, in May last year about starting this podcast. And it was a bit of a lockdown thing, wasn't it? We thought it might it might be worth a go, really, with, with how the world was going. And obviously, there was no sports going on at that time. And esports was, was getting really big with the live events and stuff. And am I right in saying you were quite a reluctant gamer back then or, or an amateur, amateur gamer basically back then? Amateur. No, I would even go as far to say that I was, this is probably not a wise thing to say on a gaming podcast, but on our ba- uh, gaming uh, yeah, podcast. Our, <laughs> our gaming <laughs> podcast. I probably had a bit of disdain towards the gaming world. I think it came from a lot of like misunderstanding. I had a particular image in mind. I was probably a bit older mentally than like, I've, I feel like I've got younger as this has gone on because I understand it more. But yeah, I just didn't understand it. I was probably in that bracket of people that sort of just couldn't really get their head around what it was. And even things like how to watch it, if you wanted mm. to, I wouldn't have even known where to start, that sort of thing. Although I, you know, I ha- have a PlayStation. I play more now than I, I probably used to, but I, you know, I'd play. A few games here and there. And I, I wouldn't have ever described myself as a gamer. Was you aware of the esports industry, though, about the competitive gaming scene at any point? Were you aware of that? Um, I was to the point where I knew that potentially there was a gap in the market in podcasts, but not. I, I didn't realize how big it was. I knew gaming was a big industry, yeah. but I didn't realize how big esports in particular was that is something that is sort of i've become more i've become an advocate of it now i would say it's only through doing this and like learning and listening to you bang on about stuff every week (laughs) 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 and then and like you know putting the episodes together that is you realize the the like the camaraderie and the community and all of that stuff that comes with it because i don't think anybody really associates that anybody that doesn't understand gaming doesn't associate community with esports or gaming yeah and i was one of those people that's the thing that really drew me in was just how connected you could be become to mm. people yeah particularly with lockdowns and things where people couldn't see each other face to face and they were relying on zoom calls and skypes and things and I-, I reconnected with a lot of people just playing online in parties and you know playing call of duty or playing fifa or whatever it was to 
just pick on what you said there. I think I've learned a lot as well um, from doing it over the, over the past 12 months, speaking to a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions and a whole range of knowledge that people have got as well. I think it's just been a fantastic year that I've, I've just learned a lot from doing this podcast. And I mean, we, we spoke, didn't we, off mic, as it were, about the <laughs> format of this episode. So um, this is a bit yeah. of a shot in the dark because this isn't really something we've done before and we can actually see each other at the moment um, and we're yeah which and is we're looking at each other yeah which is which is something we've know, never done i before. don't know is that a benefit is that not to people who are listening probably um <laughs> but <laughs> but it's uh yeah so if you don't like this format please tell us but we did have that discussion didn't we about you know will people actually be interested in what myself and you think yeah i mean probably less than less so me because i I'm the most amateur, unless we've got any amateur listeners. Yeah. Uh, in which case, I'm your man. Yeah, I'm here all week. But I, other than that, see, I think you always underestimate your own knowledge when it comes to gaming mm. and esports. You always worry that people aren't going to want to listen to you talking. And I, it's like, especially when you get into your opinions and stuff and your opinions on, a lot of your opinions are fully formed because you've been in the world yeah. for a long time. So it's interesting to someone like me to listen to what your stance is and then compare it to where I am. And I can sort of find a way through in terms of like thinking about how, like how I think about the, the industry as a whole, because, because like I say, I I was complete, complete novice when, when we started doing this. But I think you're, you're one of the best people to have on because like you said, if you were an amateur reluctant gamer before and you didn't know much about it, if you've learned so much, then we've kind of done our job, really, in the podcast. That's almost been the benchmark for us, isn't yeah. it? Is to why think about it, and what would I, what would a non gamer, yeah, think of this, you know, episode or whatever? And it, we've always sort of used that as as the begin, especially in the beginning, before we had anything to go by, because we had no listeners, <laughs> <laughs> and we would use that as a benchmark. Yeah, I, th- I think. I think it's always good to be able to strip something back yeah. and, and start from the beginning yeah. and, and sort of understand it from scratch. I think what I've always been very keen to do is to not alienate each side, the extremes. So for people who are complete beginners in terms of game and esports, don't want to alienate them at all, alienate them at all because they're learning along with us. And if we start talking about things that are over the top and don't explain it and talk about advanced things, then that can alienate. Um, a part of our audience but again what we don't want to be is oversimplify things for people who are you know avid gamers or you know proper esports fans if you like so try to keep it in the middle ground and hopefully we've done that as best we can um but yeah i'm I'm really proud of what we've done in the last 12 months we spoke to some really cool people and you said my opinions are fully formed but i think my opinions have changed slightly as well over the course of the last 12 months i think you can see that in the episodes as well yeah no i actually that's a very good point because I just mean more fully formed than mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I don't even know what I think half the time. So it's quite interesting to like listen to, to people talking about what they think. And especially when you come across someone that has a very different opinion yeah. to you that we've had that in a few episodes. Yeah. And, you know, especially around the topic of like, do you compare esports to real sports and people who sort of have this viewpoint that it is a completely different skill set, it's a completely different thing. There's similarities and crossovers, but they shouldn't be viewed in the same light. And I find that interesting Mm. because comparing it to real sports, I say real sports, traditional sports, traditional physical sort of football and whatnot, there are distinct similarities. 
mostly to do with mentality. Other than that, I I think that it is a whole different skill set in the same way that you would compare maybe snooker to football Mm. or something like that, like where where they are very different skill sets, but there are cross obvious crossovers. Mm. Or chess, something like that as well. Or chess, yeah, something where it's all brain, right? There's so much more of that side of sports in those strategic sports in esports than there is of the trying to be physically fit or physically, you know, being able to run up and down a pitch. That's something that I never, because the conversation for so long has been comparing it to sports because it's got the word sports in it, right? Like, that's it. That's the only thing. That's the only reason people have this conversation. But if we stop thinking of it in terms of sports and start thinking of it in terms of what it is, in terms of competitive gaming, it becomes a different thing. It becomes almost easier to digest for someone that doesn't understand it because I'm trying to fit it into this box, Mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't fit. And that's where the problem comes out for me. That's where the problem is. And over the course of listening to all these people talking, uh, and, and their viewpoints i found what i've found is is that it doesn't need to be the same thing it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to fit into that box uh, and almost yeah. it shouldn't be it shouldn't be put in that box yeah i think that's a great point because when we started this podcast i would often get into discussions with people on social media and say when they talk about esports and say it's not a sport and then i would you know say well it is and give my arguments for it and i thought i was doing the industry a favor if you like by kind of arguing for that and then we spoke to Maximilian Schmidt, uh, head of esports for League of Legends in European MENA at Riot Games, who was basically saying, "We don't want to be, we don't want to be a sport, we don't want to be involved in that. That's for other people to decide. We're our own thing." And I just, it just made me think, yeah, that's 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 really what it's all about, isn't it? It's a this is a, such a a unique thing, where it's a unique blend of entertainment and competitiveness. It, it deserves its own vertical if you like its own complete industry so i think that's that's something that that's changed my opinion on it we don't need to if people say it's not a sport fine you know it just it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to compete with sports it can be its own thing in a completely different area that's the thing i think it should compete with itself a year ago like it should be trying to better itself yeah uh and i don't think i've come across any other industry actually that does constantly try to better itself Mm. we've got all this stuff that it seems to have started from a very different place because it's it's community driven Mm. it feels like it's it's all it's not about how many people are watching i mean to a degree now because there's so there's such massive events and and whatnot but it doesn't feel like it's it's so much about like how many views a a tournament's getting it the tournament's put together for the people that are watching it it's not put together it's not put together with the idea that people are going to watch it does that make any sense it's like it comes it's almost flipped the whole script on its head decisions made in in other sports they make decisions to try and appease fans or try and trying to gain the biggest like ratings but they did but it it feels like because it started from a, a much more organic place it doesn't necessarily follow that same footprint. So it feels more organic and it feels more like a community and not wanting to be associated with sports when Maximilian was talking about that was like, it was like a big moment really because it's like, yeah, it doesn't need to compete. It doesn't need to be in competition with something that it isn't. Yeah, 
Absolutely. There's been a few moments like through the whole po- podcast that's been like that. And I think, I mean, we'll end up talking about that because it's, that's pretty much what this episode yeah. is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at those moments. But yeah, like that, there's been loads of big learning points like that that have just sort of opened the door to, to something bigger than, than, than what I thought it was when we, when we first started. I mean, it's even got me into stuff like I told you earlier before we were recording that I watched one of the episodes made me watch who was the it? it was, that was it yeah what i watched his first game with miami heat after that episode i never would have done that mm. like i never would have even tried i like i downloaded twitch on my tv did you get involved in the chat did you did you put anything in the chat nah. no nah, i'm too scared man <laughs> <laughs> too scared too scared i've got i've got the i've got the uh, disadvantage of age so like i all the fear of life has set in <laughs> so i'm i'm just like is i've got to break through it before i can it took me years before i even played online mm. on any game i mean me and you both know the one that i play is nba yeah. 2k and it took me years and it wasn't again it wasn't until starting this podcast and yeah. lo- like lockdown happening that i didn't actually even try to play yeah. online yeah can you t- can you tell me more about that because i know we spoke about that off camera off mic as it were but you talked to me didn't you about well, you didn't really compete online before and then you went online and you had this experience where you weren't really expecting it were you in terms of you know that kind of camaraderie and that sense of all yeah. being in it together as a team just tell me a bit more about that experience yeah well i think nba nba 2k is uh, like now uh probably a, like a year on from playing online it is probably probably other games that are like this but but the community in places can be quite toxic mm. overall you go and you play and the one thing i play on 2k is something called wreck and it's just basically because i don't really have many friends that play 2k online and if they do they're I don't god awful really <laughs> and, and so I sort of go and play with like just random people whoever sort of ends up in your in your team and after doing that for a few months you come across like a few different people and it teaches you a lot about yourself as well but you come across a few different people you come across people that love basketball you come across people that love the game because it's really cool right all they want to do is shoot three pointers from the halfway mark on the court and then you've got people that really like they want to win they want to win the game like they want to win each game that they play and they've got a much generally a much better understanding and tactics and and strategy and different plays and stuff and i love when you've been through hell playing with people that are just in it for themselves and then you find this team that you just all click and you start chatting to each other and you're like it's just for some reason the five five of you playing together just creates this like really good team you don't find that you'd have to go down the park like every day for a two years <laughs> just to be able to find those people so you talk to them on the mark as well is that something you'd ever ever do before took me a while took me a while uh, i'll be honest like i would just be silent jerry just like <laughs> just just I'll go stand in the corner of the court and you throw me the ball and I'll I'll shoot it and just hope that people got it. And I just didn't understand why like why people don't share the ball mm. and wouldn't play the game the way that I'd imagine they should, right? I'm a big fan of basketball anyway. So you know how the game should be played. I know how the game should be played. I'm I've been a fan of it for a long long time. So it just didn't make sense to me. And then I realized like oh some of these some of these guys are like my age and they're playing and they're playing because they love the game. 
you just got to find those yeah. guys and some of them are younger and they're and they're amazing as well and they understand the game and they put a lot of work in some are just they're just playing it because it's cool yeah. right like it's a cool game they enjoy the step back three and the like all the like behind the back moves and stuff and dribbling and whatnot and they don't want to pass it because it means now to them it means like they're not playing the game anymore yeah and and so there's this there is this massive frustration versus a reward payoff and every time you come across those people that really really understand it and really play well it's just it's like magic it's like the only thing i can compare it to myself is from playing music with other people mm. is when you write a song together right it's it's just it like it's just magic. it just happens it all just comes together there's a moment where it all clicks and i, I yeah and i just realized i thought i was really bad at it at first and then I, eventually i just realized that you know even when you get those selfish people it teaches you a lot about yourself because you've got selfish players you're like okay but what am i going to do to win the game because they're not going to pass it to me so i can't just stand there with my arms up but like, i've got to do something else so you've got to help them you've got to help them get space get into space and you've got to help them score the basketball and it's like that's the only thing you can yeah. do and you sacrifice all your stats and all of this and th- but that's the game to mm-hmm. me and it was such an eye opener to see like how even how like when you do meet these guys, it's like it, you become like this tight unit yeah. like over the course of this 20 minutes or whatever yeah. you're playing together. And then eventually, you know, maybe someone invites you to a party or yeah. invites you to to like a pro-am yeah. team. I told you the other day I got invited to my first pro-am yeah, team. Yeah. When that happens, it's flattering. Yeah, it's it's so it's, nice. It's, it's interesting because these are experiences that I've had for my entire life growing up. We talk about like the fir- looking at the first FIFA games, like you go on pro clubs with your mates and you all, you know, pick a player. One of you plays striker, the other one plays left wing, the other one plays right wing and you all play together and you cross for each other and you pass and you make these magic moves. And But did you did you come at that from a, a point of view of like you and your mates in school? started yeah, playing together it, yeah. online see i didn't have yeah. that like that's it's for me i'm going in blind, blind and yeah. i'm like trying to make yeah. friends while i'm on the game but not just football though i mean we did like gears of war and we did call of duty rainbow six um halo all the games you can think of all, all the way through really and obviously we've got warzone now and things like fortnite that that can be played as well and like something like warzone is i don't know if you've ever played warzone but it's free it's a completely free battle royale game and you can be in either you can do solo on your own or you can do teams, duo, trios or quads. And basically you work as a team to be the last men standing, basically mass, last men or women standing. And it's all about teamwork. And it's about, you know, if one of you dies, you can buy him back by getting a certain amount of money. So you're all working together to to get this goal. And you know that, you know, one of your friends is good at sniping. One of your friends is good at like short distance shooting. One's good at driving. One's not very good at driving, so you don't want him or her to drive. But when <laughs> when it all comes together and you you win and you are the last people standing on this map, the satisfaction that you get from it is just incredible because you know you've done it as a team. You've all contributed to it. In some cases, there is one or two that don't contribute and they just, they just kind of hang around. But overall... It's that sense of working together as a team to achieve something. To be able to do that with a controller and a screen, I think, is the magic of gaming. I would go one more. It's like a controller and a screen. And like in my case, strangers, just people I don't know, may never speak to. I have met people online that you've you've gone on to then uh, not play with regularly, but just kind of know and you add them as friends on Xbox. For example, 
I play Formula One quite a lot. And if you go on either unranked or ranked, either one, if you go on races on there, you get a lot of people who just try and push you off and just, you know, if you try and overtake them, they'll just slam into you and put you in the barrier. And, you know, that's not real life. And it's really, you know, frustrating. But every now and then you'll, you'll go on and you'll have a battle with someone and they'll give you space when you overtake them. And then the next lap, they'll overtake you and you give them space. And you're like, oh, he's had me back. Okay, next lap, I'll get him. And then he, and then you get him back and then he gives you space. It's just like, um, you know, every 10 laps or so, you just trade in places. And then after, you just add them as a friend. You think, you know what? Next time I'm on a ranked or in ranked lobby, I'm going to invite them because, because I know that he's going to give me space and it's going to be a fun environment. So little things like that, that that's something I've experienced definitely through the years and playing Call of Duty and Gears of War and all the other games, Rainbow Six, you meet random people, you add them as friends, and every now and then you'll get an invite, you jump in, and you you know you can have a good time with them. That's the, the magic of it. I find those people seem to be the ones that really have an affinity with the sport mm. or the or whatever that yeah. they're doing it seems to be because obviously there's there's you know like you say you've got warzone and fortnite and uh, and whatnot but with the sports-based games there seems to be a very distinct cliques within within the world of yeah. that game that are people that really love and have grown up with the sport or or are really into the sport so they they respect the sport it's not even that somebody is trying to be selfish or not playing by the rules or whatever it's more just the disrespect towards the sport that i get angry with that's what frustrates <laughs> me you don't understand this sport is an important sport yeah. to me just through my life and like you're just outright just disrespect a lot that's a very similar to fifa because you get a lot of people on fifa there's a there's a, a mode on fifa ultimate team um foot champions which is like a weekly competition it's very competitive and you get 30 games you have to win as many as you can the more games you win the better rewards you get basically and you'll get someone who's one nil up with five minutes to go and they'll just keep the ball in the corner or they'll pass it around the defense and there's nothing really you can yeah, do they won't yeah. play the game that happens in real life obviously but it is so annoying at the same time you kind of accept it because you think okay i'd probably do the same thing if but then no i don't think i would actually i don't think i would but but that's a similar thing it's kind of like sportsmanship right it's it's i've i grew up i know i'm i'm 34 now and it's i I grew up in a in a world where sportsmanship was really important you had to play the like respect the game and play it properly and play it the right way whatever you were playing I, th- I feel like sometimes that uh, not not in, not so much in in competitive gaming, but in in like just online gaming in general, you get those people that just want to get the stats, the stat chaser. But then I guess in the real world, you've got players that actually stat chase and and stat pad and absolutely, and they do absolutely. things like they'll just they'll just find ways to game the game, <laughs> and that's just not fun. Like it's not fun to watch as a fan. It's not fun. Yeah. For the player, the other players, it's not fun for the teams. And I think ultimately, you know, the game that you're playing, like, the, or the sport you're playing, or whatever you're doing, it like it should be fun. It's first and foremost, and that yeah. just sucks it out. And when you find the people that make it fun, yeah, you've got to, yeah, yeah. you know, stick with them. Really, I think that's the that's where you have the community around you. But I think there's an important distinction as well between because we talk a lot about esports, which is the competitive side of gaming, and you know, if you're a professional esports player at a game you are in the top 1% of players. You are the, one of the very best at that particular game. But one of the other 
things of magic within that that world is that you can just be a, a bunch of mates even if you're rubbish you can be on warzone as a four and you can just have fun you don't need to be the best it's, it's about being together and all right mate speak speak for yourself you know i want to win <laughs> <laughs> no but while while you while you i don't know while you're in the gulag or something you can chat about life as well you know what's going on how you doing like what's going on with you and you know talking about different things and it doesn't need to always be about winning it can be a place where you just yeah like catching it, it up can be, yeah there's so many facets to it then and, and it's like it's almost it doesn't yeah. have a ceiling uh, or at least just still trying to find the ceiling. Yeah, that that's kind of the last year is just really just sort of op- open my eyes and and my mind to the idea that it, playing playing a game when you when you spend that because uh, I would always be like, why is this game eighty quid? But eighty quid for even just a year until the next one comes out for something where you are so entrenched in the community and able to like gain mm. so much social interaction especially in a, at a time where no one could socially interact it just goes to show how how mm. much of a big deal it is and how you know that 80 pounds can be worth it it can probably also not be worth it for for, for some people but yeah but it's certainly i don't regret any money spent on stuff because of what you get back from it well we're we're thirty minutes into the an episode where we're supposed to be <laughs> picking our best moments, but we've just gone off and just an emotional bit of a tangent, so a, a diarrhea of uh... yeah. It's, I think I'm just excited because you I can see your face and you're on the podcast and you're normally behind the scenes, so it's it's just exciting to talk about <laughs> this with you as well. But should we go first with you then? Let's look at your one of your favourite moments from the episode. How many episodes has there been this year that we've done? you're testing me if you say this year but since we started 40 48 episodes one trailer well this is the 49th technically so what what has been your first episode or first moment that you that you really loved about about this level up podcast well it's the, it was literally the second episode we did it was the second second one um around football manager and tom davidson pr manager football manager i think that's the one yeah uh yeah. and um and there was, yeah, it was a moment in it. It was because I'm not a football fan. Like, I don't, I, you yeah. know, I, I don't follow football. Uh, I've got no real interest in it, which, you know, I've got, I'm just going to gain a load of haters. Like, <laughs> 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 I've got no real interest in it. It's not the sport that I've sort of chosen. Um, so I was expecting to go into this episode being like, oh, just get it done and, and, and then put it yeah. up and sort of do my job, right? It was, I can't remember how far in it was, but it was when he started talking about how advanced the databases were and, mm. uh, and how scouts all over the world. And sc- and, yeah. Like they yeah. had scouts all over the world and, and I realized how big it was. And then when he started talking about how clubs would come to them and ask for their scouting reports on certain players. And I'm like, but this is a game. I, it blew my mind. It literally blew my mind. Like I was sat there just trying to figure it out and I couldn't. And, I think it was that moment where I realized I'm going to learn a lot. I just found it so interesting to, to, to hear how in my old hat mind, how something on a game console was impacting the actual real life version of the game that it's based on the, the students become the teacher. It's like that sort of yeah. like moment for me. That was the first, the, the first time I really felt like 
we're onto something here because I'm interested yeah. and it's about nothing I'm interested <laughs> about. That, yeah. And that was a big, oh, okay. So this, this is more than just, just talking about gaming. This is actually going to yeah. teach me stuff. I think we talked about as well, the fact that um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the current Manchester United manager, he used to play football manager to kind of practice his tactics. He used yeah. to manage Mulder back in his, uh, back in Norway in his, one of his first roles. And he used to use football manager all the time for tactics and, and things like that. And we talked about the story about Alex McLeish and how, when he was with Rangers, I think he inquired about, I think his son came to him and yeah, said about Messi, was this it? player, yeah. Messi. Yeah. There's, and there's Iniesta as well, Barcelona. And, um, they couldn't get him at the time because obviously it was Messi and they'd, they'd seen how good he was. And he was only 16, 17. He was under Frank Rijkaard at the time, Barcelona. And, Little things like that where the, the term wonder kid was just a football manager term and now it's in the real world. When when you see someone like Phil Foden for Man City or Jude Bellingham for Borussia Dortmund like in real life and they've got so much talent, people talk about them like they're a wonder kid and they'll look at them on Football Manager and they'll look at them on FIFA and see what their potential is. And it's, yeah, it, it's just where real sports and, and gaming can, can merge and Football Manager is one of the... It's so immersive as a game. And if you're a football fan, you'll, you'll love it because it just gives you so much control. And it's, it's just that story, man. Like, it's that story of how, how that it can impact, how, you know, managers are using the game as a tool. How, like, yeah. it's, what? Like, it's mental. A game. Yeah. And I just, I just think that that's, to, do, to have that realisation on the second episode in, um, was huge because I, I realized mm. that, you know, this might be the start of something really, um, you know, special and, yeah. you know, for 47, 48 now episodes later, uh, it's like, I've learned, I felt like, feel like I've learned so much. It's, it's really pushed me into, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say to my wife, like, I'm go I'm playing online now. So don't, talk to me <laughs> so have you ever had, have you had that conversation where you're like so i'm I'm gonna be playing now like online so i can't pause yeah yeah have you had that conversation yeah, I'm like, as well? and often uh, often she'll come in and, and ask me something like really nice something really lovely like do you want a cup of tea and i'm and i don't <laughs> respond and 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 then i come off the game i'm like i've been a terrible husband <laughs> for the last <laughs> hour i've been a I don't, that's the one thing i don't do like i don't game for like hours and hours and hours i'm more like a hour on yeah, uh, yeah four hours off but but i used to do that all through my youth like you know just used to pretend my mom wasn't there when she you know t- tea's ready or whatever and i'm like halfway through a game or something and just like just yeah i'm world. living my i'm living my like angsty teenage years all over again yeah. after discovering gaming and it's it, it got to the stage of me it got to the stage of me when i think it was when i first had the xbox um the original xbox this is um is that my mom said you're not allowed to play in the morning because i used to get up really early to to have a few games on the xbox before school and you'd miss school <laughs> and well i just i just wouldn't listen when she said it's time to go i'd just be like i'm you know i'm in the middle of a game or whatever so it got, it got to the stage where she was like no xbox before before school so i had to do it all you know when i got back but yeah it's uh that's that's been you're just living more the experiences out now that yeah i'm that 15 again been. man and i love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad should we do are you are you gonna do your next two and then 
do you want me to go into mine well, what, or as a counter what would what was yeah. your what what was one of your top moments so one of my top moments was speaking to james baldwin um who won the world's fastest game of competition yeah. and i think that was that was one of the james is one of the people that has has bridged the gap between esports and real life sports so for anyone who hasn't listened to the episode James Baldwin won a competition called the World's Fastest Gamer. So when he was younger, he was a really talented go-kart driver and he was involved in all the junior categories, but he just he, he couldn't afford it anymore because it's so expensive in those early days. Even though that's what all Formula One drivers go through, that kind of karting experience, it can be really, really expensive. So he gave it up. One of the first things he did, well, a few years later, actually, he bought a sim rig. Uh, he bought like wheel and pedals and everything. And he just started practicing on there and he got to the stage where he, he knew he was really good. And he won this competition, the world's fastest gamer. And the prize for that was a, a drive in Jensen Button's British GT3 World Championship car uh, alongside a teammate. So he was he was in this championship in a real life McLaren driving around, around some of the most famous tracks in the UK. And he described going to the paddock and he would get a bit of angst from the other drivers like yeah. why are you here and i think one of them said to him can you not get in my way when i lap you yeah i remember him saying that yeah and if that was me i'd have probably shrunk couldn't that in that moment james pulled it out the bag and got pole position in the first race which means you qualify first but he missed out his lap got invalidated because yeah. he went over the white line by a centimeter or something but then in the second race, he won, I think. And he, he got three pole positions in that season. He won a few races. And he, he proved that for the sim racing world, I think, has the biggest advantage in that when you're sim racing with a wheel and pedals, you're doing the exact movements you would do if you're in a real car. So you're steering the wheel, you're accelerating, you're braking, you're changing the gear, you're looking at braking points, you're looking at steering angles, the apex, when to accelerate, you know, the all these all these different things that you can feel you're you're doing that at sim racing as well and i think the moment with james was just that this is someone who's done both this is someone who's done the real life racing then he went to sim racing then he's gone back to real life racing so he knows he just proved you can do it he proved you can do it he proved that if you're a real really good sim racer you've got the ability to to do it in a in a real car and i think you know formula 1 in particular it's such a, a billionaires boys club as Lewis Hamilton said, and you, you get a lot of billionaire, you know, people in there putting their sons in the car. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a few sons who race in Formula One that probably shouldn't be there. You know, you, people <laughs> listening will know who they are. I'm not going to name names. And they're only there because their dad's a billionaire and he's bought the team or he's sponsored the team, whatever. And I think this proves that Lewis Hamilton is the only black driver ever in Formula One history. And he's the best Formula One driver we've ever seen. He's won seven world titles, the same as Michael Schumacher. He's won more races than anyone else. He is an absolute legend of the sport, but he's still the only black racing driver. And that just can't be, that it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up, does it? Yeah. It does not add up. And there's loads of things going on with the Hamilton Commission, how he's he's looking at research as to why under underrepresented communities in Formula One aren't, there aren't more people of different backgrounds and, I think sim racing has such a good opportunity there for for people. How many people are out there who do one or two go-kart races, win, but they can't afford to keep it up because they can't afford 
you know, going to going around the world with the go kart and paying for the repairs. And Lewis Hamilton's dad, Anthony Hamilton, had three jobs, and they only they only saw the light at the end of the tunnel when he got sponsored by McLaren when he was really really young. Mm. So how many how much talent are you missing out on there? I think sim racing just has. The, the more accurate the games become, the more realistic the games become as the technology improves, the better chance we have of the first Formula One driver who's come from sim racing because James Baldwin has shown it can be done. He's broken that boundary. Mm. Uh, I think that was a massive moment for me personally. Yeah. it's I, it, Again, it's that impact, the, the impact of the gaming world on, on the real, like I don't like saying the word real, but on the the traditional version of the sport, the real version, yeah. the, the living and breathing version of of that sport. Because why should it be that there's this thing where you have to go go karts and you have to go to Formula Renault or you have to go through the categories GP3, GP2. There's this like traditional route that you have to go down. And I just don't see why you couldn't just you know go from sim racing to GP3 or GP2 or F2 or F3 as it's known now. There should be more routes available for people. And I think sim racing, I mean, a sim rig isn't cheap. It's probably cheaper than an F1 car. Well, yeah, <laughs> cheaper than F1 car, yeah. If you want to buy an F1 car, yeah. But we've seen like Lando Norris recently. I mean, he's a massive sim racer and he streams and he's got Quadrant, which was in our last episode with the Rava, where he's he's got a brand himself doing content creation. And, you know, it it just proves that mm. you, you, can, you can do it. Um, and James is an inspiration, I think, to... To everyone um, in esports, or, or someone who, if you if you're a young man or woman and you want to be a Formula One driver, then esports is a great way to to practice, and it might be the future. Well said, thanks. <laughs> right, your turn. Um, well, the next one is going to come as no surprise. It was well, I mean, we mentioned earlier. It was yep the dude from the UK that ended up playing for Miami Heat Gaming. Yeah, that was a great episode because it's it's in my wheelhouse and just sort of hearing him talk about his pro experience was just really it's like like super interesting super super interesting i think i think as well because in the in the nba uh there isn't really i think there's only ever been like one maybe two i'm pretty sure it's it's i could count them on one hand like i don't even i would yeah. be fairly confident to say only two but it could be more i'm not an nba historian but again, it's like that that sort of journey from someone from the UK to some dude in some town in the UK that grew up and ended up playing pro basketball in in Miami. It's a story, and and it it gets it just grips me, grips me. It's the opportunities, isn't it, that esports can provide? I think that's what that shows. It's just such a great story, and and it's this guy again. It's like going to show that, like, oh, almost to me, I'm like, oh, I could have done that. I could have done. I like this game. If I'd have played this game for, if I'd have got on board like a few years earlier, I say a few years. I'm, you know, getting on a bit now. <laughs> Decade earlier. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, it could have been a route that that I would have, like, could have gone down. Yeah. It, it, you know, if I was never to make the NBA, which we all know was a real possibility for me at, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's a great point, though, because, I mean, children nowadays and younger people nowadays, that is a that is a genuine career yeah. opportunity for them. If they're if they're a good 
if they're good at NBA or FIFA or Warzone or, you know, if, if they're genuinely good, if that's their skill, then that's, that's a genuine career opportunity. You can become a professional esports player. That's the draw. That's where it really shines for me. It's because I never would have thought about it in that way. And hearing about this, this guy from the UK, you know, I'm a guy from the UK and it's sort of like you relate to, you go, oh, I, I play this game. Oh, I love this game. It's just the opportunity that presents and it, and it seems less like you need to, you, you know, you, sure you need to have a console, but you need to have a console or a PC or a PC of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just shows as long as you've got those tools which aren't cheap, but don't cost. It's a, it's more affordable than trying to become, I don't want to say, pro, again, a pro athlete. I mean, like trying to become an NBA player, like because because of the, it's a little bit like F1, the steps you have to take, the, the amount yeah. of money it costs to fly here, fly there and go into this combine and that combine, and yeah. these competitions and get to this And the connections and, that you need to have or people you need the to know to get the, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's like much more obtainable Hmm. And I don't know if that's just because the average person managed to get in on the ground floor a bit sooner, but I feel like that's actually the the way that this, the industry is designed is to be able to recognize people like this. And just hearing that story is, is just, it's great because it's like, it's something I'm interested in. And it's just this story of someone going from an idea to, to actually living the, yeah. living the life. What I love was that he was selected through uh, the draft which yeah. is exactly what the NBA players would be. It's the same experience, yeah, parallel, that kind of waiting. Yeah. yeah, that waiting and hoping and nervousness. And I mean, even he said he could have been an electrician. Yeah, right. That was his next thing. But he's so good on this game. He's played it so much and he's so skilled at it that he, he now lives in Miami and he plays for Miami Heat's professional esports team. It's not bad, is it? Not bad I mean, at all. It probably beats being an electrician, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with being an electrician. Nothing wrong no, with that. I don't want yeah, to, to all I, the electricians I just, out there. I just, I just, and probably <laughs> some people prefer it, but, but like, I just mean for this guy, like, he gives you the option. You know, yeah. Yeah. He, he clearly is doing the thing that he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. What's your next one? So, my next one is uh, my chat with Delhi Ali. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Tottenham Hotspur in England midfielder. One, because I've, I'm a football, massive football fan and Deli Ali obviously is one of the biggest names in English football. And it was great just to chat to him and hear about his passion for gaming and his passion for esports and talking about, you know, which players he plays with, you know, Spurs in England and hearing the names. And it just makes you feel like, you know, if professional footballers play like Warzone and Fortnite and stuff, then it, it's got to be good. It can't be, it can't be bad. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of camaraderie that, that they get as well. And I think the fact that we spoke to him because he became a ambassador for XL Esports, which is one of the biggest British esports organizations. And they've got this really young Fortnite player called Wolfies. And he was brought in to help these esports players deal with all the pressure that they're going to have put under them in terms of competing, you know, the social media, the fandom, performing under pressure, all these kind of things. And I just think it's really interesting that he brought up the fact that these these esports players, they don't have many idols to look up to. Like if you're a footballer, you've got the whole history of football, haven't you, to look at? You know, I want to be like Ronaldo or Messi or Pele or Maradona or Zidane. Or you could go through, you know, hundreds of, of players. But if you're a 17, 18-year-old Fortnite pro and you've won, you know, 200 grand at Fortnite World Cup, 
and you've got all these fans. You've never worked in like a pub or a job that you don't like and you, you're just being an esports player and that's your job. How do you know how to deal with that? How can you deal with that? You you can't reach out to all these other esports pros that are 40, 50 that have been through it. There's not a lot of people out there. So for someone like Deli Ali to come in to, with Excel and to say, look, I've played for England. I've played for Tottenham. I've got all this experience. Don't worry about this. This is how you do this. this is how you do that. I think there's just a really interesting parallel there between esports again and traditional sports. And it highlighted how similar professional gaming and professional sports are in terms of when they compete they they go through the same pressures the same motivations they want to win they don't want to let the team down they don't want to let their family down they want to earn money to provide for their family it's all it's all very similar and it just yeah it was just fantastic to speak to delhi obviously but also it, it was just really interesting to see that the similarities there between between esports and professional sports yeah i guess i guess that is for someone that is uh, a fan of fifa and football is big i i i get like it's probably happening more in games as well that more pros in the in the sport itself are playing the game and wandering yeah. around i know it happens on 2k like um sometimes people come off and tweet that they've just been playing with kevin durant on 2k or whatever you get that with fifa a lot as well and Warzone and stuff oh, there was a, there was um a game a few months ago where manchester united played tottenham and the night before paul pogba who a manchester united player one of the best players he was on Warzone at 1am with a streamer <laughs> playing call of duty in the hotel in the team hotel the next day he was unbelievable and manchester united won the game and uh, I think I wrote a piece about, you know, how Paul Pogba prepared for the game or something and put in all the details. But <laughs> it just, I mean, it just shows you just how gaming is in our culture. It's just a part of our culture now, particularly for people of a certain demographic. And I think it's only becoming more, more and more in our culture as well. Yeah, especially as people grow up with this level of gaming available to them. Yeah, absolutely. From here. Yeah. It's a bit like a bit like social media and stuff, yeah. prob- but probably just a bit less toxic. <laughs> just a bit. I can remember not having the internet. I can remember not, you know, having to go outside and play with sticks. Well, not pro- maybe we weren't that poor. Polyphonic ringtones and... Very polyphonic ringtones. <laughs> oh dear yes that... dial up internet and aol and msn or how far we've come from them really like, i know, it's not I know really that like, when you think about the advancements i remember you know being a teenager and, and playing the sega mega drive and playing alec mm. the kid when it yeah. first came out and people being like whoa yeah i i can remember all of that sort of stuff and it's just think like how fast things have developed from there it's crazy when you think about it's it. It's only going to get it's only going to get bigger and more immersive and more accurate and more. It's only going to get better, really. The industry and I think we're just living in a, a gold. Well, we're, whoever's living at the time is living in the golden age of gaming because it's just going to get better from here, really. Yeah. So, what was your my, my last one? Last favorite moment. My last if you can, favorite if you can moment. Choose one. Uh, it's the it's again. It's football. Which is just so weird to me. You've changed. I've changed, man. <laughs> like, okay. um, it was the. It was the, again. It was Football Manager. It was. I mm. just. I, apparently, I'm fascinated with Football Manager. But I, you've, you've never. You've only dabbled in it. Uh, I, well, I played it once when I was really young, and it was so confusing that I 
got scared and hid under my bed for a week very overwhelming <laughs> to it. yeah I, I guess if you grow up with it it, it probably and you like your dad played it and like you sort of get into it slowly from there it becomes less daunting but for yeah. somebody that is never when i was a kid i liked football because i thought you had to because that it was like it's just so that's big right thing. that's yeah. it you go and play football with your friends down the park you you know and and whatnot but i realized i just didn't have the patience for it when i was sort of into my later teens and i was being too busy being really emo and like just you know growing my fringe out and stuff <laughs> but this one again is football manager it was it was when we spoke to the dude that makes or it has a hand in the match engines that are used yeah so we spoke to miles jacobson who's the the gaffer basically the whole thing he's the studio director miles jacobson and we also spoke to nicholas madden who is the yeah. match ai team producer and he he spoke to us about the match engine and about how, you know, these aren't real players, you know, in the game. These are, this is all AI driven. They've built, they've built this AI match engine to, to be like a real football game. The amount of variables and like, and, yeah. and stuff that was just absolutely staggering. It, yeah. So mind blowing. The amount think. of decisions that each AI has to make at in any a, given in time. Split and, seconds and stuff. Yeah. And to build that, where would you even start? Again, someone, Someone who doesn't understand, well, I, I understand tech, but like, you know, coding and stuff. Is that like, yeah. how do you even begin to start to them? Like, do you build on it? And then learning about how they, how that works and how they build on it each year and how they, because yeah. I remember you asking if they redesign it each year and they're like, that would be impossible because yeah. <laughs> yeah. of how, you know, but I love that. I love the fact that they take, last year's product and then they build on that and they, and they actually use and they improve upon that and so there's history in that match engine yeah there's like there's history in the databases there's history in all of it there's actual real tangible history yeah that are involved so the version of a football manager you play today has the history yeah. of football manager yeah. like 15 or yeah. whatever or nine or the first one mm. i imagine that was just called football manager yeah it was championship manager before uh, oh, and then right. they changed yeah, yeah. to yeah. change football manager but what what freaked me out actually in this episode is i've played football manager for however long i can remember and i you i was that big i was that immersed that i genuinely when we used to go on holiday in august i used to take my laptop with me to if we're going to Spain or Italy or France because you had a game on yeah I would take my <laughs> laptop to, to wherever we went and I would just play it constantly because I was just hooked so I, I've I've played football manager for my entire life but whenever and, I'm playing the game across so the globe across the globe well. definitely yeah but whenever I'm playing the game there's always this thing where if you're in a match you do think in the back of your head you know some of these decisions have to be pre-programmed right some of this you know some of the things have to be kind of fixed maybe it, you know because it, there's so many different decisions being made and there's so many variables that, that you just can't you can't imagine the work it has to go into but the way he described it is like they don't do any of that this is just an ai they create and they mold every year and they just put it in the game and go there you go and then you just press play and then the ai just does it and it, it's just a fluid animal basically yeah they're constantly improving it but they're not doing anything they're just letting the ai dictate what is going on and to me that's that's like freaky man simulate an entire 90 minute football game on its own you know 22 individual players you've got the referee you've got weather you've got 
different players with different abilities. It's just pitch conditions. The mind blows. Yeah, it's honestly. I imagine that's a thing. Yeah, pitch conditions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can see snow on the pitch when you when it snows and stuff. Yeah, there's all that stuff. But it's it's mad. And to think that I think the thing that probably a lot of people from my what I got from from the episode was a lot of people think that there are these things that are fixed, right? And it annoys them and they, they shouldn't do it. And yeah, him sort of explaining how no it doesn't work like that it can't be fixed because of x y and z i imagine very disappointing and probably just not believable to some people yeah 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 because he was saying if they like, fix, nah, he would say if that. they fix something something else goes wrong so they need to yeah, be really yeah. careful about what they do and and i find it really interesting as well how there's a there's this phrase within the fm community where you say oh i've been fm'd and it's where you know, you'll have 70% of possession, you'll dominate the game, you'll have more shots than the opponent, you'll have more shots on target, you'll basically dominate your opponent, and then you'll end up losing the game. And he was very, very clear. He was like, he was, and he brought up several real life experiences where teams have had 70% of the ball and lost yeah. because fo- that is football. Football is r- completely random. You've got so many variables. And to even, you know, make something that vaguely resembles football you know, in all of its tangibles, he's incredible. But the fact they've got something so realistic is, uh, particularly with a pandemic as well, that's to develop it during a pandemic. The latest one, FM21, where everyone's working from home. It's extraordinary. Yeah, brilliant episode. Just gen- generally oh, brilliant thanks, episode. No, no, not, <laughs> not you. You were rubbish. No, <laughs> so what was, what, was, uh, what was your last, your last highlight? That you would this is a really difficult one for me because there's been so many good episodes. I know. Uh, if you look at, the, you know, some of the more recent ones, you look at how Saf are developing esports pros. The two guys that came on there, John and Craig, were so good to talk to. You got to. the twins, um, the twin gamers. The, 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 the Call of Duty twins who were living out in America when we interviewed them. And uh, you got the Man City's pro FIFA player shells on becoming the Premier League champion. How to improve your gaming mentality. We spoke to the mental performance coach from Man City Esports. We spoke to the director of eFootball and gaming at FIFA, yeah. the international governing body of association football. That He was on our podcast. Mental. Who would have thought? I know. 48 episodes in and we would have been able to say that. We did a few series, didn't we, in terms of what does a PlayStation games researcher do? What does a games designer do? I really enjoyed those because I had no idea what they do. And just another shout out yeah. as well to TRL Limitless, who explained how to be a better sim racer. We went through you know, the F1 games and he, he went into real detail in terms of how to be, be better at the game. Uh, that was, that's one of our most popular episodes actually uh, overall. Uh, so I love that. But yeah, the one that sticks out in my mind is when we spoke to uh, Ali A uh, and Ellie Gibson. So Ali A is a British YouTuber called Alistair Aitken uh, and Ellie Gibson is an award-winning journalist, presenter and stand-up comedian who features on Dara O'Brien's 8-bit program. And she's a massive gamer. And Ali A is genuinely one of the world's biggest youtubers he's got you're looking like over 50 million subscribers on his main channel and then he's got a couple of million on his other channel and then a couple of million on his other channel he's genuinely a heavyweight in content creation and to just speak about them about you know speak to them about gaming jargon and the different words that children use and talk about their love of gaming or how they how they became what you know what they're doing at the moment it was just great because these are people i've looked up to you know um i've watched ali a's channel a lot and ellie gibson i, I used to love dara brin's 8-bit because it's just it's a gaming show on, on national tv 
where celebrities play games like why wouldn't i love that so yeah right yeah it was just it was an amazing episode for me just to speak to these these guys and they're so funny as well particularly ellie she's hilarious one of the hazards of the job of being a comedian I guess. yeah yeah <laughs> but she was they're both fantastic they talked about esports as well about the rise of esports and it was just it was just one of them episodes where obviously we have their celebrities in their own right they're high profile but there was also a lot of real meat on the bones in the episode like they talked about themselves and how they got into gaming we talked about you know the terms of gaming there was there was a lot there and you can learn a lot from the episode as well as it, oh it's just ali a talking about himself it wasn't that it was we talked about a lot of a lot of topics so that's something i've really enjoyed it's the stories i think it's you know, like you say it's like how they got into gaming how um, yeah and then talking about the stories of the of the language used and and yeah and where like terms like from. noob and yeah camping and boosting and grinding and all the all these different terms that you know if you heard them out of context you would the grind to 99 yeah you know all that stuff um i mean you know that's it is an nba that's it i only know 2k guys if you're listening i i only know 2k (laughs) i don't know anything everything that i talk about the only other game i've ever played uh was spider-man for a bit and then I got bored and went back to two K. <laughs> Is that the one where you can you can switch you can you can swing through New York? I think I played that. Was that was that PS two or PS three? What Spider Man? I played that Spider Man game. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's loads of them now. I, I've, yeah, the, I've played the, the most recent one. ones. Oh, the most recent one. Okay. I played older ones because I've always been convinced that if I play this game, I will effectively <laughs> be Spider Man. <laughs> Spoiler alert: It's still just me sitting in my pajamas on a Sunday. Don't feel any more cool. I thought I would. So, I, so I, I went back to 2K. I can't even remember what I was saying now. I went off on one, didn't I? Yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not like me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me as well, just talking about gaming in general, I think that it's just part of me. It's part of, my, it's part of who I was going to say it's... earlier, it's like the culture, the, the yeah. societal culture. Like you've grown up with this culture of gaming. Like I watched the Formula One, like Mon- the Monaco Grand Prix at the weekend. And the first thing I wanted to do was jump on the Formula One game and drive around myself. And that's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's like with a football pitch, it's a football pitch. And yes, it's the stadium and stuff, but it's like they pretty much all look the same. Yeah. With a basketball court, it looks like a basketball court. Yes, you can play like you know at the whichever team you support and be be like this is what it's like. But at the end of the day, it's a basketball court, and they all pretty much look the same. With an F one track or any kind of rally track or any kind of driving track, you can literally drive around it and see what the corners are like and see yeah. and actually experience it. The laser scanned, aren't they? So they're so accurate. So as well. and yeah, especially as they're becoming even more accurate and stuff as well. That's mad to think that you can watch the Monaco Grand Prix and then yeah. be like, I wonder how tight that corner actually is. Yeah. Another mad thing as well is that it's not really classed as gaming, but um Mercedes have got their own simulator. What happened is on like a Saturday, for example, after qualifying or just before qualifying on the Friday night, they've got a uh, a driver called Anthony Davidson, who's their simulator driver. Uh, he was a former F1 driver himself and he works for Sky Sports as an analyst as well. And he will go on the simulator all day and all night and they'll change different bits on his setup because they simulate the car, the real, the real Mercedes car, and they can put the setup into it and they can see how the car handles and they'll change things like dampers and toe and if they need a bigger rear wing or shorter or whatever. 
they'll change the tires and he'll go on it for hours and hours and hours. And Mercedes will use that data to impact how they set up their car for the race or the qualifying on the Saturday or the Sunday. And that's not classed as gaming, but it, it is. It, they're simulating real life and they're doing it in real time. And so often Toto Wolf will come on and say, you know, Ant, Ant's been in the simulator all weekend trying to figure it out. And we finally cracked it because we found a setup that actually handles well on this track because they're not allowed to, if you're new to Formula 1, they're not allowed to just rock up and do as many laps as they want. They've got set practice set sessions, set practice um, throughout the year as well. Um, and they've only got limited track time. So, so to have a simulator there, to be able to have that data, it's not classed as gaming, but it is in a way. Still like that, that digital impact in the, re- the real. He's isn't not it? actually doing it. He's, uh, he's, he's looking at a screen. That's mental. I used to really follow F1. I, I sort of stopped in later life. My dad used to work. Well, I say my dad, my birth father, used to work for Honda when it was British American racing. So... I sort of was well into it then when I was a kid. They're back in it now. They're back in it with um, Red Bull. They supply Red Bull with their engines, but they, they are going out of it next year. They supply Red Bull with their engines. Yeah, so Red Bull run Honda engines. Oh, right. Okay. The team. I was going to say, there's no engines in Red in, Oh, in the yeah, drink. no. <laughs> yeah. What do yeah. they need engines for? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Honda are pulling out le- next year because of concerns around finances and the pandemic and things. And then Red Bull are buying... Honda's engine, you know, power unit division from them, and then they're going to run it themselves. With an energy, so it'll be a Red Bull engine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, just to finish, just to wrap it up, really, because we went off on a bit of a tangent <laughs> there. But I think one of the main things for me is when I was younger. I mean, I'm going to sound old like you in a minute, but when I was younger, I used to go out and play football all night, every night. Come home, play FIFA, play Call of Duty, whatever. And I've heard you know, from different people that kids don't really do that anymore. Yeah. Particularly with the pandemic where they have to stay in and stuff. And this is how the younger generation communicate now. They've got social media, you've got gaming. Gaming's not just about putting yourself in a room, being solitary, not doing anything, not talking to people. That's not what gaming's about. Gaming's about communicating and a sense of community and working together as a team. And yes, there are solo games that you can play if you want to escape as well, which is another great thing about gaming. But you can be with your friends when they're not in the room. You can can be with them. You can talk to them. You can achieve things with them. You can have fun. And if you're really good, you can... Do it as a job. Yeah, and you can do it as a job. if you, it, That's an option. If you'd said to a mom or dad 10 years ago, you know, I want to be an esports pro, they're going, what? You're not doing that. Get a proper job. Yeah. But nowadays, as we've heard from a lot of esports athletes, it's a genuine career choice. Do you know what surprises me is the amount of people that have said when you've asked them, so what did your parents think? And they have said that they were really supportive. I think like that's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To actually like sort of know. You'll get the support now. And they've got role models as well, haven't they? That they can, you know, if you want to be a FIFA pro player, you look at shells or you look at techs and you hashtag Tom, you know, the, the best players out there. And you can you can watch them and learn from them as well. So it's been a great 12 months. Um, thank you, Matt, for everything you've done with Level Up in terms of producing and making me sound professional and helping with the ideas and the formulation and you know the next 12 months hopefully will be just as just exciting yeah and to everyone who's listening as well thank you so much for listening and if you've not subscribed please do if you haven't left us a review or rating or comment please please do if you can drop us a rating that'd be amazing and yeah i mean i'm really excited about the next 12 months i don't know what we've we've got a few things planned haven't we um for the next 12 months but 
you have to wait and see. They'll be in your ears soon. I guess that's how you end it. I don't know. Is that what you I do? Think is that normally, I'll just do? say thanks for coming. <laughs> um, it's been... A... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your day uh, in terms of your audio editing. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on and thank you for everything you've done in the last 12 months. Well, thank you to you for opening my eyes. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Here's to the future. Uh, yeah. And thanks to all our guests. Thanks to all our guests as well who've opened our eyes and changed our opinions as well. And, um, you know, here's to the future of gaming and level up. It's only, hopefully it'll only go one way, which is up. Hopefully that's what we're hoping for. Right. That's it. Yeah. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. Level Up.